Not single, not double, but triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Pass with Ryan Gregory and Devin Balls, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Sounds good, doesn't he? Hello, all. Welcome back <laughs> to the Triple Option Pass podcast. I am co-host Devin Vaz, and with me is co-host Ryan Gregory. As always, how are we today, Ryan? It feels wonderful to be back, man. It, it feels like a new season for us. I mean, we got the new intro. We got the the new header that you unveiled. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an exciting time in Topland. It, it really is. Uh, took took a little bit of work to get that one to go. I have three different variations of that. Uh, you know, for all of our fans out there, I know there's so many of you. Just just go take a look at uh, my header. Uh, it is just pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But uh, and an update, I I made it mine as well before I hopped on here. So oh, both, there we go. Both hosts have it as their Twitter header. Love it. I love it. So you know, you guys, Reynolds, the god of the yes. of the triple option pass, the inspiration for the name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I felt it was my duty to incorporate. <laughs> Uh, as Alex put it, our patron saint of triple option pass, <laughs> um, the goat of all triple options, Keenan Reynolds. So Only uh, fair. I, I hope he appreciates it. If he's listening to all this, you know, whatever. Um, should have won a Heisman. Should have won a Heisman, definitely. Um, but anyways, you may be asking, you know, why are these guys recording? Has the college football season been over for three months now? Well. Uh, as we all know, it's it's another fantastic time for college sports soon. The NFL draft. The reason they play college ball. Exactly. It's approaching fast. The first round uh, being slated for April 29th. So today, Ryan and I are going to be given uh, a full comprehensive list of the top. Yes. Uh, T.O.P. Of course. <laughs> all caps. Get there. All caps. All, all caps offensive prospects in the NFL draft this season, as well as some sleepers who can make an impact uh, on their respective teams. But uh, before we get into this podcast, I just want to give two quick shout outs. Uh, the first one is to the WNBA. If you haven't seen Ooh. it, read, they got some sick new uniforms. Uh, it's actually quite a revelation. And truthfully, their old uniforms were a, were a huge disservice. I mean, can you imagine being a WNBA player and knowing that high school basketball teams have more unique jerseys than you? Like yeah, they, what what happened with them? I think is that they they bought in a little bit too much of the advertising aspect of it and didn't give enough uh, attention to the swag part of it. Exactly, the old uniforms were just literally cut and paste, but with different color variations, and of course, exactly, it was a farce. Logos. That's why no one would buy jerseys for, for the WNBA. It, was, it, exactly. it all looked the same. I wanted to find a way to support the WNBA, but I, I just couldn't put my money forward to buy one of those jerseys because, let's be honest here, even buying those jerseys, it's like, this just feels wrong. Like, these yep. these women should be represented in much in a much better way. So uh, I'm sure it's very liberating, and I'm happy to see the women get some Awesome new unique uniforms uh, to represent their cities and franchises. And I really dig the Chicago skies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already got my uh, 
my fever stranger things jersey on reserve and i i really look forward to donning that bad boy this summer so um if you haven't already seen them check them out uh there's some awesome ones uh washington killed it uh seattle oh, washington's killed it. are sick yeah uh actually let i'll just say it nike really crushed they, they, they crushed it out of the park with all of them so oh yeah uh, congrats to them awesome. i'm excited to see you in action this yeah, summer absolutely so uh, next up, I just wanted to give a big congrats to Greg Schiano and the Rutgers football program. Mm-hmm. Um, as of this recording, they've landed their fourth four-star recruit. Uh, the one today being the number three dual-threat quarterback in the country, in Gavin Wimsat. So uh, congrats to the Scarlet Knights for finally getting something running in their football program. <laughs> hey, you know, New, New Jersey's always been such a great output of talent that it was similar to like the, the UCFs and USFs of the world that like, if something got rolling there, there might be a sleeping giant and Rutgers might be figuring things out at a time when the big 10 East is looking a little damaged. So Chiano could make some noise out there in New Jersey. Seriously, seriously. It's fertile recruiting out in that area. So I'm glad to see that it's at least somewhat paying off so far. Yeah. So as always, without further ado, here we go and get into it. We're going to start, we're going to jump around here, but we'll start with the O-line. Might as well get the big boys out of the way. Uh, you know, any any talks of the O-line, you got to start first with, I, I think, Panay. Panay Sewell. Yep, yep Panay Sewell. All right, cool. I got it right. Um, the 19-year-old, uh, single highest graded season uh, from an offensive power five uh, tackle. What do you think about uh, Sewell? Brad. He's such a unique for how young he is. I mean, with, with offensive linemen that are coming out, typically you worry about either their competitive spirit or their footwork. Those are like the two main things that you're looking for with offensive linemen. You want to be, you want them to block pissed off. You want to be aggressive blockers and you want them to be able to do so like, you know, somewhat elegantly. And Sewell mastered that in such a short amount of time at Oregon and has so much room left to grow and has already been what I think is one of the best O-line prospects of the last decade that to, I, I get the, I get liking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, but um, it'd, it'd be such a, a farce to pick anyone, but Sewell, if you're going for an offensive lineman. Absolutely. And as, as we're talking about Sewell, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to plead Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my if God. You miss out on Sewell. You should just you should just tank the franchise. You you just give you're basically giving Joe Burrow a big F you. I know who he wants. We all know exactly which player he wants, but he's gotta be smart. You guys gotta be smart. Get Sewell, get him some protection, make sure he doesn't tear another ACL. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's looking a little bit like Cincinnati might move away from the Sewell pick because of signing Riley Reef to, to start true. at their right tackle position. And then um, they have that, uh, that Alabama grad from two years ago whose name escapes me right now at left tackle. And so unless they want Reef to kick in and put Sewell at right tackle or maybe yeah, Sewell's too good to not play tackle. Yeah. So it, it would cause a bit of a log jam there, but like obviously he's better than Reef and Reef has played inside before. Yeah. But and I, I agree though. The, the correct pick is Sewell, but it's, it's looking like it may not be. It's... I can almost bet they, they end up picking Jamar Chase. I'd almost guaranteed. Yeah, yeah it, re- if, it really looks like that. 
if not him, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. But uh, yep. I'm just going to plead, you know, hopefully, hopefully they do the smart thing here. Um, Riley Reef is certainly expendable. He's been in the league for a while now. Uh, and, and we got a 19 year old who, who can service you for years upon years ago. So, yeah. Smart. Pick. Always invest in the O line, especially when it's like a generational prospect like this. Absolutely. So, next up, Ryan, you already mentioned it before, but uh, we got Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Uh, there's there's a little bit of, I guess, of a worry of him being a tackle. He's only six foot three, uh, but for the most part, he held his own on the outside uh, during the course of the season. So, uh, what do you think of Rashawn Slater? You know what got him all of his buzz was that he like quote unquote handled uh, chase young when they played in that big 10 championship back in 2019. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I like Slater. I do think that he is a guard at the next level. I, I don't think that the, uh, the wingspan is there. I think you just need more reach if you're going to be a pro tackle. And that's not to say that I dislike him because like really solid when it comes to his footwork and he started 37 games for Northwestern. So like someone that you is, is a proven quantity is very valuable on the offensive line. So I, I see the buzz for him, but I mean, with only 33 inch arms, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to be like a, a very top notch tackle. Like Sewell will almost surely be. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think he's going to get stuck on the inside and uh, you know, that's fine. I mean, Oh yeah, that's fine. Draft yeah. a really good guard. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as long as he, you know, keeps up with it. Uh, he's obviously shown he's got the talent. Uh, the big leagues are obviously a lot different. You got a lot more athletic guys on the outside, so it'd be a lot more difficult to to hang on the edge with those type of guys. But uh, on the inside, I think he'd, he'd fare pretty well. So um, hopefully yeah, I mean, he moves on. The Big Ten has been just pumping the league full of defensive line prospects the last couple of years. So it's not like he hasn't faced good talent in those 37 games started. So I, I feel fairly confident that he will translate well. Yeah, absolutely. So the so third he's a, he's a safe pick. Sorry. He's a safe pick. So that's why he gets to be number yes. two. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the third one we can also agree with, with Christian Darisaw out of Virginia. Oh, Tech. my God. What an angry, angry man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh yeah, he turned in the second highest graded season from a power five tackle uh, in 2020. He's a, a breakout performer and, you know, he's basically just a truck, an angry, mm-hmm. angry truck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, D- Darisol? I mean, he was mind blowing. Uh, I remember seeing some stats from him earlier in the season about how high he, how high he was grading. I was like, oh, that's cool that he's like, he's doing that against like these garbage teams early on, got lucky and he just kept trucking people. (laughs) So, I mean, we have to give it to him now. I mean, like I worry about like, he is angry when he tries, but I feel like there are plays that he takes off, which is like not great. And I feel like his foot, his footwork needs more work than other guys in this draft. But overall, like you, you can't not love like the the aggression when it does come, yep. and I mean, and his um, one thing that really impressed me when I watched him is that if he gets his hands on you, game over. Like you really have to utilize some some white moves and make sure that he can't get his hands on you first because that's ball game. He's gonna drive you into the dirt. 
<laughs> you always love those type of plays. It's kind of like uh, Quentin Nelson coming coming in uh, a few years oh, yeah. ago. Uh, just those those linemen that just love to pancake people. It's it's <laughs> always always something that's that's great to watch. It's always entertaining. There's no doubt about it. Um, and and honestly, I'm I'm curious, Ryan, uh, who your next two next two people are. I mean, it's it's a tackle heavy draft. Yeah, I actually had Derisaw as my fifth guy. Oh, oh, all right. All right, let's hear your other ones then. So, uh, obviously, number one for me was Sewell, and number two was Slater. Those are pretty, like, you can't really argue with that. Yeah. But uh, for number three, uh, I was going more off of, like, value. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Elijah Vera Tucker, the interior lineman out of USC. And, like, I... mm, the more I think about it, I also like um, Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma for this option as well. Yeah. But but when I wrote this, it was just like uh, like he, he can play tackle if needed, but he's go, he's like being looked at as a guard. Um, really really good on double teams and like just has this like I, pocket presence isn't the right word because that's for quarterbacks, but like has this presence about him where like he senses when the when the blitzes are coming and picks up pretty well. I mean. It just a, a really solid prospect, and I obviously like most of these guys is kind of lacking in the footwork department. But there's a lot of tools there that I like about him. Yeah. Who's your Who's your number three or number four? I guess because you had Darius. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, since you know my first three were tackles, I elected to pick. Uh, you know, these are technically also my sleepers, but um, I decided to go with two different positional players. So uh, I first picked, uh, I guess for my number four, but he had a, a sleeper, I guess. It's not really a sleeper. He's pretty well-known player. I, I picked Landon Dickerson. Um, and, you mm. know, his injury history is definitely worrisome. Yeah, the ACL uh, stuff for a lineman is definitely something good. that kept him off my top five. I agree. Uh, but whenever he is on the field, this guy dominates like he dominates oh, yeah. in the center. He's uh, incredible for Bama. Absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of what gives him the edge for me. Uh, I, I know the knee problems are not great for a lineman. Uh, that's one of the most critical things for a lineman. But uh, I, I think and I hope that he'll be able to stay healthy enough to, to show his talent in the leagues like he did uh, in college. That's obviously to be seen, but uh, his overall talent when on the field is kind of what does it for me. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. I mean, I like the pick. I pray he stays healthy because he's going to make somebody very happy. Yeah, exactly. If he can stay on the field. Yeah. He's not having to worry about center for the next five years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, what what is my yeah, my four spot before we get to my keep an eye on prospect was uh, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, so this this one was hard for me, too, because, like, he has everything you want. Like, the instincts are there. Like, the intangibles are there. Like, really smart, really aggressive, has, has good footwork. He's just kind of undersized. Only 33-inch arms. Hands are under 10 inches. Like, th- those longer like really truly terrifying edge rushers. Like he'll, he'll never be able to do well against the miles Garrett's of the, of the NFL. He's yeah. he's just sim- simply doesn't have the length to, to, to hold up, but, but the intangibles are there and there have been guys 
that don't quite meet the physical uh, recommendations that have been good in the NFL. So I can't write him off because he's that much of a talent, but that that's why he is so low on my list. Cause he, he's just a little bit undersized. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Uh, for me, uh, another sleeper slash my fifth guy is I got a, a guy that I, I know very well. Uh, Liam Eichenberg. Oh, here it, was. here it is. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. Coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, you know what? He He's very good, actually. Uh, very clean at what he does. Uh, he's 6'6", 302. Who doesn't love uh, a lineman that comes out of Notre Dame? They've all been successful in the recent years. Uh, he allowed, you know, over the course of two seasons, these past two seasons, he's only allowed 27 total pressures and no sacks. Uh that's certainly what you want from a from a tackle. Um, and, and truth be told, I think, you know, whoever whoever ends up getting him is, is certainly getting someone that should be pretty serviceable for years to come. Oh, yeah. It's always wise to draft Notre Dame offensive linemen. I, I don't feel like anyone's going to get fired over a pick like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. All right. And my, and my final offensive line prospect I wrote a little bit about, the, the biggest question mark and the biggest upside in this draft, Walker Little, Stanford. Yeah. Oof. Oh, my God. This guy is, like, <laughs> one of the most athletic tech. He doesn't have a lot of film. He dealt with some injuries, but, like, his sophomore season, oh, my God, this dude. So, he was the number one recruit when he came out of high school. Yeah. And, like, it shows. But, like, the only downside about him is – and this feels odd to say, but like he, he might be too athletic for his own good. <laughs> like, like his, his kicks, his kick drops are so like efficient that he kind of like outpaces <laughs> edge rusher sometimes. And he cannot, he can like overset himself kind of easily. And in the process of being so, being so agile, he has a tendency to kind of like absorb the, the power instead of delivering a punch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. So a lot of question marks surrounding him, but oh boy, if he if he turns out to be anything like what, what we've seen he's capable of, oh my god, what a what a prospect. Yeah, six foot seven, three hundred and nine pounds and and quick. Uh very quick. He could certainly end up being someone that's that's pretty great. Um it does suck that there's a little film on him. You know, he yeah, he hasn't played. We we haven't seen him in a game since 2018. He took the year off last year for COVID, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we we get to see something out of him. Oh yeah, can't wait. Do you have any more uh, offensive linemen to touch on? No, do you? Mm-mm, that's it for me. All right, yeah. So moving on. Uh, like I said, we'll we'll be jumping around. Next up, we might as well get the running backs out the way. We both agree. Not the most fantastic class, but not a strong class here. Certainly some players who will be very effective in that um, split back role. Um, a lot of a lot of receiving backs. For That's sure. exactly what I was just going to say. There's there's not a lot of ground and pound guys, but there's a lot that there's a lot of Naheem Hines types. Right. Yeah. In this draft. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, first up. uh I got Travis Etienne, and I feel like that's not really a shocking pick. Um, and 
I don't like that it seems as though he's lost a step as a runner, but his influence in the receiving game is just is too much for me to pass up. Uh, yeah, there were definitely question marks about that coming into this season, and he turned yeah. it right around and caught for almost 600 yards this last season. So, like, heard the prospects and was like, Yo, you want me to catch? Look at me catch. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't blame the guy. Right, yeah, and that's certainly something you want to see. I, you know, I, this is, it's, it's a big toss-up for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's never good when you already see signs of regression in a running back. Uh, especially one that's at Clemson, which is a fairly, you know, run player friendly offense. Yeah, I would say. Um, so it is a little worrisome as, as well as his uh, ball control. But overall, yeah, I worry I about just, the fumbles. I just think that the receiving is just it's he, he plays such a factor in that side of the field that, you know, if he comes in and, you know, one of my favorite uh, comparisons for him is someone like Miles Gaskin. Uh, mm, yeah, I do like that comp. Yeah, someone who's not like, you know, the number one running back at all, but someone who's effective at what he does, uh, and that's receiving. Yeah. So I, I think that's something that Travis Etienne can be in this league. Uh, maybe he turns out to be better. Maybe, you know, maybe last year was just a general misstep in, as far as the running uh, running area goes but overall i do think that he'll be an effective back uh probably not the best back out of this class but he will definitely be an effective class uh back yeah with etn he should have jumped last year yeah absolutely that was the highest his draft stock got i think we discussed this on like one of our first podcasts that we uh when we were breaking down clemson season before it happened i I can't believe etn didn't jump i mean He still made a nice impact for for Clemson this year, but man, kind of wasted what could have been millions of dollars for him because he would have been a higher draft pick had he jumped last year. Oh yeah, he would have been potentially end of the first round. Yeah, he would have he would have been in the same conversation as Edwards Elaire. Yeah, I would agree. Anywho, he's my number three. That's fair. That he could go. I feel like he could slot anywhere really in the top five. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Want me to do my number one? Yeah. Javante Williams, UNC. Javante Williams. That's actually an interesting pick. I'd love to hear about it. This dude does not fumble. And <laughs> what's, what's most intriguing to me about him is he doesn't have like that. He doesn't have home run speed, but he has deep double, maybe stretching into a triple speed. Like he's, he's, he's not going to like break one. Like like most of the faster scat backs can do, but yeah. his broken tackle percentage in 2020 was 39 percent, which yeah. was like eight percentage points better than the next highest, which I believe was Puka Williams out of Kansas. So like Williams, for what he lacks in speed, he makes up for it in elusiveness. He, he has a low center of gravity, and like one thing that I've really noticed in watching his tape is that he he changes his stride to to make sure that de- that defenders can't hit him square on in the legs. Yeah. Because, like, being more of a, a bruiser like Williams is, because he, he's a bit on the heavier side, mm-hmm. but being a bruiser, you need to avoid those shots at the legs, which his footwork very much allows for, where he can just kind of dance around them and just kind of take, like, a glancing blow instead of a shot, like, directly to the thigh pad. Yeah. 
I mean, he ran for with, with another pro in the backfield, ran for almost 1200 yards, averaging seven, a carry and scored 19 touchdowns in 11 games. And he's not just a, a good runner. He caught for 300 yards as well in three touchdowns. So like I, I see a very complete back here where I think speed gets a little bit overrated for the running back position, but like he's, he's shown that he's an above average and entirely capable running back. So I see him as the safest pick and potentially even like will be, will be the best out of this uh, class. Yeah. I mean, UNC had two thousand yard rushers. Uh, I have another nearly, one on on my list. Yeah, nearly two twelve hundred yard rushers at that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, as as you noted, you know he, he broke seventy six tackles on only one hundred and fifty seven attempts. That's that is obscene, ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's literally not even video game numbers because video games would never allow that to happen. <laughs> no, it's you know only fourteen will only let that happen for. Uh, for the the opposing team, uh, you know, when when the game wants you to lose, and so you're trying to tackle, you played on Heisman, you're trying to tackle this, I don't know, 75 overall white, five foot nine running back, and he breaks every single tackle, like eight of them on the way to a touchdown. Uh, yeah, li- <laughs> listen, if I was playing NCAA. And the, the running back I was playing against broke a tackle 39% of the time. I would turn the game off. Yeah, I would be pretty, I would be pretty ticked off. So that is ridiculous. You can see how uh, frustrating that might be for defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my, my next one on the list. And here, you know, this might be a shocker to you, but it might not be. I got Kenneth Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell at two. I love it. Kenny Gainwell. Uh, this one, this one is is probably a shocker to some. Some people probably haven't heard of, heard of him. Uh, but this dude is dynamic. And I if mean, you listen to the triple option pass, you've heard of him. Absolutely. This this guy. He sat out last year for uh, COVID. I was so mad. The year before, fourteen hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, six hundred ten receiving yards. Like this guy could be. Very dynamic in offense. He could even line up in the slot. Um, oh yeah, totally. It's it's something. He's young. Uh, he's only twenty two. Uh, as noted, he's still got some fresh legs. You know, he sat out a whole year. Um, he didn't get a whole lot of carries in his freshman year, so he's he's a really explosive player uh, coming into his sophomore year. So uh, this is just someone that is just, you know, Kenny Gainwell, baby. I got him. Got him at number two. Oh, I, I love his game. I, my my exact comp, he, he's the reason I brought up Naheem Hines because he's my comp for him. He's just yeah. a little bit slower version of Naheem Hines. Just elite yeah. receiving capability here. He, he's not he's not the running back that you'd want, though. He can't – I don't think that he's a feature back. No, like he, no. He's only 5'8", he's only and he is – yeah. Well, he is not he is not elusive between the tackles. Like if if there's a linebacker screaming, he's like, well, guess I'm getting hit. So <laughs> he, he has a tendency to just kind of get run over. But his lateral speed, like if you just throw him tosses and and give him a halfback stretches, yeah. golden money and just throw it to him sometimes like he he has to be schemed a little bit. He can't just be a do everything back. No. But tremendous value there for him. Yeah, I, I just love the the dual dual threat effect here. Um, yeah, he, he's elite. the best receiving running back in this class. Yeah, elite hands uh, can can run pretty well. Got some things to work on, but th- that's just kind of my thoughts. 
yeah, fantastic prospect. I I agree. I had him at number four. I kind of regret that, but honestly, all these guys, the 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 cream of the crop here is kind of interchangeable. Like we said, it's not yeah. an elite class that we're working with here. Yeah, I agree. All right, do we want to do we want to finally get to our our Bama guy? Yeah, he, do we both have him at three? I have him at two. You have him at two. All right, yeah. Well, I, I got him at three. That's Williams cool. one, Harris two, Etn three, Gainwell four, Carter five. Yeah, <laughs> Carter five. <laughs> it's a little Wayne album for all you rap heads out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harris is just kind of a no brainer for the top three. I feel like any interchangeable list you're probably going to have Harris in the, in the top three yeah great hands does not fumble um I, I kind of feel like he, he and Williams are similar to me where like speed isn't a real big thing for either of them and the only thing that separated Williams and Harris for me was that Williams is just so much more elite at breaking tackles but Harris is a little bit better of a receiver so it's just kind of like whatever you're looking for there but Williams is capable as a as a receiver, whereas Harris isn't as good as a, of a broken tackle guy. But like 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 you said, he's just safe. He's just a, like a safe pick that will be a good back. Yeah, I feel like this is one of the the few guys in this draft that is an every down running back. Um, yeah, you know he's he's a brute. There's no doubt about that. He's six two two thirty. Um, but he's as you noted, he's got great hands and. Unlike his probably what people are comparing him to, uh, a little bit of Derrick Henry in him, uh, he's a little bit more – he's sneakily athletic and shifty oh, yeah. for his size. That, that hurdle. Yeah. The, the name exa- hurdle. Exactly. Uh, he's, he's someone that I, I feel like may take you by surprise for how big he is uh, with his athleticism. So, how agile he can be. When yeah. he gets in the open field, he's not just a bulldozer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's something that's unique for sure for him. Uh, not many 6'2", 230 guys are that way. So, Yeah, I feel like we're all overthinking a little bit. Like, in all honesty, he should just be the first one off the board. Like, it's just a yeah. lot of yeses, but just the ceiling. I just don't see that much of a ceiling with him as I do with some of these other running back prospects. Yeah, and now thinking about it, I'd probably, sh- I'd probably shift Harris to my number two. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. What else can be said about him? I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's proven us all that he, he deserves to be a highly yeah. touted recruit. Everyone's seen him. Everybody knows what he can do. He's effective. He's, <laughs> he's going to get you. He's going to get you yards. He can plow through people. He can jump through people. He's, he's pretty talented. So <laughs> can we get to uh, my honorable mention? Yeah. Just because I want to make sure that we touch on him before we move off of running back. Yeah. Demetric Felton. Ooh. Out of UCLA. Ooh. Now, what when I say when I said that Gainwell was the best receiving back out of this class, it was only because people don't know what to call Felton because he played <laughs> both running back and receiver at UCLA. And like he's he probably will be a slot when he when he gets to the league, but yeah. he did when, when he was at UCLA, like it, in this most recent season, he wanted to show that he could rush. So he ran for almost 700 yards and five scores and very limited play in the Pac-12. But then in 2019, before he was told that he should try out running back, 600 yards receiving in 2019. 
just like I'm not saying like go spend a second round pick on him, but he could be so much fun. And like that, that kind of question mark hanging over his head will make him drop because he doesn't have a true position. And so he could be like a really fun day three pick where you just kind of like, he's a gadget guy. He gets in there and he's kind of a spark plug for your offense. Yeah. Uh, there's those type of players are always serviceable. Uh, absolutely. Uh, here's my sleeper. And if you watch college football, he's not much of a sleeper at all. Uh, I got Chuba. I feel like oh, a lot Chuba. of people are forgetting about Chuba. Uh, yeah, he has been overlooked here. I'm surprised it wasn't a round tree. Your big yeah, round tree I know, guy. I know. I I considered it. I considered it, but <laughs> I had to stay true. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is only a season removed from 2,000 yards uh, in 21 TDs. Uh, injuries kind of kept him on the sideline this past season, but that could end up being beneficial in, in the sense of wear and tear. Um, I, I know that 2000 yards is a lot of, uh, a lot of yards. Uh, you know, he had 300 plus carries that season and overall with his career at Oklahoma state, he had, uh, let me see, 583 carries. So, I mean, it's not terrible. And, in my opinion, this this is some guy that's going to contribute one way or another. Uh, back when he was playing Canadian football in Alberta, he rushed for 6,800 yards and 82 touchdowns on 458 carries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that is nuts. Carries. He only had like 130 more carries in college than he did in high school. Um, Holy that's so we're talking about a guy league, that though. that's a lot of wear and tear. I yeah, but we're looking at a guy you know who may not have as much wear and tear as is what some may think. But uh, he's definitely my lookout for prospect. He's gonna he's probably gonna contribute one way or another for a team, and he's definitely one of those guys that could really be a a spark off of you know off of your main back, kind of a feeder back. So uh, yeah, I wish I wish he was stronger for him. And I wish I, uh, and I wish that he was a little bit better in, pa- in pass protection. But beyond that, like like you said, we'll be a fun like day three, maybe undrafted pickup, and we'll we'll be we'll make a team pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, uh, you know, we might as well just do the the big group, the wide receivers and tight ends, pass catchers, the blockers mm-hmm. together. Uh, and this one's a little bit extended on my end. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of players to talk about. We're only going to touch on some. Of them. But yeah, it's uh, just a pass catcher category because we didn't want to yeah. get too much into the tight ends. Because, again, not a stellar group outside of the, the generational prospect at the top. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, the no brainer, the non shocker. The elite, electric, and dominant wide receiver. Not Devonta Smith. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Still, to me, the most talented wide receiver on the board. Uh, people, people are so quick to forget things, Ben. They're so quick to forget. This dude did exactly what Devonta Smith did. At a younger age, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He could do mm-hmm. everything that Smith can do, but he has a much bigger frame, like a whole 30 pounds. Um, this dude is elite. 
I, I feel like I don't even really need to say much about Jamar Chase. I feel like it's just obvious. Go watch the tape. You don't even have to watch. You watch like five minutes of tape and be like, wow, this dude just, he's just good. He's just good at what he does. That's just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Jamar Chase gives me Let's a lot of Devontae Adams vibes. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. That, that release off the line is going to be like top five in the league the second that he steps on the field. That his footwork up close, he doesn't have great like separation, but I mean, he's, he's dominant. He'll go up and win balls. His route running needs to be a little bit crisper, but like who's doesn't, I mean, you, you can't argue with right. the numbers. I mean, Chase is pretty inarguably the best, the best receiver prospect in this class. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually curious to see I mean, that was just kind of an agreement. So I'm curious to see who you have that number two between the two, uh, two Bama guys. Oh no! Or even if you'll be, even you'll if be one of the Bama guys is even in the top three. You'll be shocked to learn this. Who Jamar Chase is my number two pass catcher. Whoa! Let me because my bottle? my number one's Kyle Pitts. Oh, okay. my number one's All Kyle right. Pitts. I forgot. I forgot. You're right. You're fine. Yeah, all right. That's fine. I, I totally forgot about the whole tight end aspect. I forgot about the tight end aspect. <laughs> Trust me, I wasn't putting yeah, Waddle over Jamar Chase. All right. I was I was I was just really I was stunned for a second. I was stunned. Uh <laughs> yeah. Kyle Pitts, tight end receiver, same thing. Who cares? He could catch Mackie Award winner. Very well. <laughs> He's going to argue that he is a receiver in about four years when his contract's up. To get more money, guarantee, dude. He's like, he, he, he's younger he's, Darren Waller. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he's, should he should be the most no brainer pick of this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. He's everything Evan Ingram wishes he could be. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> he ran a four four four, and he has an eighty three inch wingspan. If you just throw the ball, the odds are pretty good that Kyle Pitts is at least going to get be able to get a hand on it. I wish I he blocked Kyle better, Pitts but a like good basketball player too. Oh, hundred percent. I wish that he blocked a little bit better, <laughs> but like just his his presence on the field like made other defenses like vi- visually upset. Just like the easiest pick in the draft, go pick Kyle Pitts. You'll you will not regret it. Absolutely. And I feel like you're not going to go wrong if you pick Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. I mean, there's no, so... e- either one are going to be game changers day one. Yeah, it's one A, one B. There's no yes. doubt about that. Uh, I think there's a little bit more versatility with Pitts. And so that's why I gave him the nod I agree. at number one. Yeah, because, you know, we're talking about a guy who can, who can line up in the tight end position and do the same thing. But, you know, exactly. Similar thing. Slot, tight Chase. end, out wide. He is going to absolutely torture linebackers. Linebackers oh are going to be crying. <laughs> Having to keep up with a tight end that runs a four-four-four. Yeah, you might. And with like just fluid, fluid hips, really crisp route running. Like uh, the yeah. the elite of an elite prospect. If he was just a receiver, but he's huge. Yeah, yeah cheating yeah he's he's gonna be phenomenal Certainly. i'm really excited to see where he lands so with that out of the way then who is your 
third. Number That's... three is Mr. Jalen Waddle. There it is. All right. Mm-hmm. His his speed yeah, just the unfair. other guy. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, when when speed is your calling card, I definitely worry about his lower body lower body injuries. But I mean, his yeah. best season was his freshman one, where he had 800 yards and seven touchdowns. But you know, it's kind of hard to find snaps in a receiver room as loaded as that. And like, <laughs> in his limited time in 2020, he caught 28 balls for almost 600 yards. I'm horrified. He would have won the Heisman if he would have yep. stayed healthy. Like that's, that's what people got to really remember when, exactly when you try and I had. <laughs> yeah, when you try and give Smith the benefit of the doubt and be like, "Well, he won the Heisman for a reason," I'm like, "Well, actually, I think somebody else should have." Yeah, if yeah, Waddle would have uh, stayed healthy, we're talking about. Yeah, we're we're talking about a guy who is on pace to have was it yeah on pace to have around seventy five catches, sixteen hundred yards, and twelve touchdowns, and obviously probably. More scores than that, uh, but that yeah, was just done his more pace that, regarding, yeah, regarding his, you know, his, uh, um, yeah, the stats that he did put up. Yeah, yeah. His separation is just <laughs> right, great. Well, he he goes zero to sixty immediately. You you can't yeah, zone cover him exactly, and that's that's exactly what you want from a guy who can who can, you know be on the outside or in the slot. Uh, those are the type of guys that are incredibly dynamic. Yeah. You know how Kyle Pitts was everything that Evan Ingram wishes he was. Yeah. Jalen, Jalen Waddle is everything that Henry Ruggs wishes he was. Oh, Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. getting, getting the, the other out. wide receiver. Yeah. From literally a year ago, but he is just a supercharged Henry Ruggs and Ruggs managed to somehow go in the top 15. So, I can yeah. see it happening for Waddle. He, he's a, a very good prospect. I'm excited to see where, where he lands as well. I worry about his um, his elusiveness in the open field. He's a little bit too fast for his own good, which affects uh, run after catch, which is always something that people are looking for. But um, beyond that, I mean, just a, a great prospect. Uh, hard to find fault in him outside of the injury. Yeah, and for my two and, uh, well, I guess – you could say three and four. Uh, it's really three A, three B, similar to how Pitts and Chase are one A, one B. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got I got Waddle at three. I got Smith at two, and uh, it, it's mainly just just what he was able to do. Um, you're not going to go wrong picking either of these guys. Now, I do have my quarrels. Uh, Ryan knows about these quarrels. It's one that he's heard multiple times. There's there's no doubt about it. His frame is scary. And I mean scary. Yeah. Scary. 170 he's pounds. 170 pounds at six foot one. Uh his legs are literal sticks. And when you got a league with linebackers who are 232 40 of pure muscle. Just one, one unintentional hit at those legs. I, I seriously worry what what could happen. Um, yeah, but you lo- you love the production that you saw out of him, though. Right, like, exactly. Thirteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns as a junior, almost twenty thousand and twenty three touchdowns as a senior. Was the hero of of the national championship as a freshman. Yeah, 
exactly and that's the thing is like it, it's so hard to to look away from you know the frame is one thing but the, the talent is there uh, oh yeah his, his route running and his change of direction skills are both like elite elite absolutely and you know he's he's fast he's got solid height he's got fantastic cans uh Heisman Trophy winner. You, you know who he is. Everyone knows who he is. It's just, uh, it's tough. The The frame is tough, but I, I don't want teams to pass up on the talent that is certainly there. Uh, yeah, I worry about press, Steve, like press coverages against him. But beyond that, like very much worth the dice roll because if that, if that talent turns out, that is a very wise investment. Exactly. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who can just, makes so many people miss it's absolutely ridiculous what he can do in a game like i want to know i i haven't checked but just the amount of multi-score touchdowns he's had in one and then like the first half of games last season was just oh yeah it was every week Uh, yeah literally so uh you know the frame is something you can work out there's no doubt about it uh he can retrain uh, himself in other ways so you know like if he's worried about the dynamics of things just continue to work harder at it that's just kind of my thought of it uh <laughs> um but yeah devonta smith he's he's my number two i got waddle three but they're they're pretty congruent to me they're you know you can interchange them that's just basically what i'm trying to say so all right now that's... now that we're done with my number five can we get to my number four <laughs> can i take a guess yeah. Can I take a guess? Is he a gopher? Mm-hmm. He's a gopher. He's a gopher. All right. He's a little golden. <laughs> a little golden gopher. I got Bateman at four. Rashad Bateman. Shake and bake. Shake and bait. Bait. <laughs> that was good. His 2019 is all that I needed to see. I mean, when he caught for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, again, uh, Devonte Adams esque the way the way that he um, his, his release is just crazy. Crisp um, route running. Crisp route running has intention with every step that he takes. Does not waste any any space. Um, his run after catch for not being like a burner is really good. His lateral movement is something that I've I've really loved and getting to watch him. But of course, gonna get gonna get knocked down because he's not a home run threat. Like I said, he's not like that that elite speed and he's kind he, he can be a little tight in some of the, the deeper routes, like, like, um, like comebacks, like deep, deep posts, deeps in deep ends. Mm-hmm. He, he can get a little tight in the hips and stay a little up, up tight in that. But, um, I, I really love the prospect here and I, and great size, great hands, just check, check so many boxes for me that I, I would take him over a 170 pound receiver. That's fair. That's totally fair. And I can tell you what, I can almost guarantee you Baltimore is just drooling, drooling at oh, the chance that it. this guy could seriously legitimately fall to them. Um, yeah, he can slide. He's he not getting a lot of buzz slide. above the other three. Uh, and, and I tell you what, man, if, if they're able to get him, I, I mean, I personally think that I, I think that's that's just you know that's someone that uh, Lamar Jackson will very much look forward to having, and uh, he need, 
it, it's it's a good fit to me, just personally. But um, they'll they'll mm-hmm. also be fairly well. All right, Caleb down. Lynn, chill down. They're, they're think, fairly well. I think this receiver should go to the Ravens. <laughs> no, no, no. But for real, uh, him, him or Terrence Marshall, they, they just need a big guy. They need a big guy. Terrence Marshall nearly graced my list. I really like what he brings to the table as well. Absolutely. Um, and my, my last of the five is someone that I love very much. I love to watch him play. He's Ben Skoranek. No, <laughs> no, no, but uh, he is he is on an Indiana team. That is Rondale freaking Moore. Should have figured. Uh, I, I was about to say Watt Fillier. No, no, he's my sleeper pick, though. I'll, oh, yeah. Uh, Pandering to our audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Rondale Moore <laughs> is by far. Uh, he was by far the most electric wide receiver in 2018. Uh, he's a freaking lightning bolt of energy. He's got amazing hands. He's good at his routes. He's got the speed. Uh, you know, with being 5'9", he's probably not going to be an outside type of guy. But uh, for his height, he's got a pretty solid leaping ability too. Um, it, it, in my opinion, whoever ends up getting more is getting someone that is just insane. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's, like he's just gonna make you miss all the way down the field. I mean, uh, the traits are there. The traits are there for a slot receiver. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh! I just love watching Rondale Moore play. <laughs> I worry about his size and his arm length and his tendency to drop. But like beyond that, those can be things that are. I, I can overlook being small. You can work on your drops, but like so much is there that you. It, he is going to be a really hard prospect to overlook. Seriously, and he can he can return, and he could he could even play in the backfield if you. Need oh yeah, totally. Hundred uh, percent. He's one of those guys that's like uh, Tavon Austin coming out of uh, coming out of college, and um, hopefully his career ends up being more successful than Tavon Austin's. <laughs> but uh, I, I just love him. I just love him. I love I love how he can play. Uh, He's one of my favorite watches, or was one of my favorite watches in college. It sucks that we couldn't see him. Uh, really, you know, he was dealing with some sort of mysterious injury here in 2020. Uh, he just and, didn't want to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably wasn't in shape. He, he last minute said that he was going to play. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, 2019, he got robbed of that with that injury. But in 2018, man, right. he's just just ridiculous as a freshman receiver is just unbelievable all right let's burn through these uh these one to watch and then get on to the the piece de resistance <clears throat> yeah you want to start with me you got okay it. i i got uh marquez stevenson out of uh houston mm. he's he's this draft's tyreek hill just an absolute burner caught for a thousand yards and nine touchdowns as a sophomore 909 as a junior um, missed, missed a little bit of time with injuries throughout his career. Had it happen a couple times soon, hence why he's not going to be super highly sought after. But he, his run after catch, like, will, will make you drool. He is such elite speed and elite elusiveness that if you can just get the ball in his hands, um, off to the races. But needs polish on the route running. De- not much of a contested catch guy, so he might be more of like a jet sweep slant type, but 
the speed is there that I'm like, throw a day three pick at him. See if he turns into something. Yeah, fair. Uh, that's that's kind of how I feel about Wap Fillier. Uh, stats aren't going to show anything, but watching him, uh, he, he was certainly a game changer for IU, uh, especially in, you know, in combination with Ty Freifogel. Uh, produced a lot of big games, uh, a receivable type of guy. You know, he's he's going to make catches. Uh, he's not going to be anyone that's, you know, top of the line talent, but, you know, he could be a one of those. Uh, he's a good piece of a good receiving group. Yeah, exactly. He could be, you know, one of those late round guys or even, um, even a, you know, undrafted. Alan Lazard type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone who could, uh, someone who could definitely give you a little bit of production here and there, but a cheap, a cheap guy that isn't there to be your number one, but is there to put, put some fear in the defense on the other side of the ball. Yep. That's a good way to put it right there. So that's who I got. Uh, and moving on to our last subject, I purposely saved them for last. Uh, I feel like, uh, it's, it's the thing everybody obviously talks about most. So I figured why that's not how we keep you all listening. The best for last in quarterbacks. And quarterbacks. really, Number one is hard. Everybody knows what's going to happen. I feel like we don't really even have to spend a lot of time there. Exactly. It's Mac Jones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. Yeah, no. Trevor Lawrence, it's – I think that's all you got to say. I feel like the whole nation knows about Trevor Lawrence. We all know he's going number one, and we all know what type of talent he is. Is there anything else you want to say? No. I mean, yeah, there's really, everyone knows about him. He's going number one. We've seen him be on the on the TV and the biggest stage for the last three years. It's a foregone conclusion. Number yep. one, congrats, Trevor. M- much congrats, money ahead of you. Best quarterback money. prospect I've ever seen. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell they've been doing to these people. Uh, these kids coming into college these days, even though I'm in college still, uh, they're just they're just like being just bred for freaking. Specifically in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, for real. Uh, so moving on, this is where everything gets heated. This yep. is where everything gets shifted up. Nobody can agree on two, three, four, five. Absolutely nope. no one. I bet every single person has a different mock draft, a different way to look at things. Well, five should be agreed upon by everyone, but oh, somehow yeah, that's yeah. getting yeah. fucked. Somehow, somehow, some way, five is just is just getting pushed to number two. I don't really understand that. Ridiculous. Going on. No way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, personally, and I feel like for you as well, I got Justin Fields at number two. I don't know. Justin what. Fields is number two. Don't I, overthink it. He's a quarterback why, that ran a four, four. Why are people overthinking it? He's got a his, cannon and like it has good decision-making and accuracy. There's not a lot reads? of flaws in his game. I guess I I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) Like in his last season, he bumped his completion percentage up to the 70th percentile. Oh my gosh. He he has, it's not even his reads as much as like he holds onto the ball too much. That's and that's fair, but that's fixable. Yeah. But like that's fixable. He's a running quarterback that trusts his arm too much. That is a great, trait to have in a quarterback that's something you can teach out of him and tell him to go run yeah exactly 
if Mac Jones holds the ball too long and they're like, go run, he's like, I can't. He's going to get crucified. <laughs> he's going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just no doubt about it in my mind. Justin Fields is number two. Uh, it, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Zach Wilson goes number two. Uh, I feel like everybody has told us that it's Zach Wilson going number two at this point. Yeah, he's been, he's been he has not been penciled in. He has been sharpened in it too. The yeah. Jets are taking him. The Jets are absolutely taking Zach Wilson. Which is the wrong pick. Yeah, I I find that interesting. I love Zach Wilson. We both love Zach Wilson. Power five, baby. But Justin Fields, man, he is number two. What are they thinking? I don't get it. I get get the one thing about Zach Wilson that I do get is just how incredible his pro day was. Maybe that's what pushed him over the edge. He's so much fun outside of the pocket, too. Exactly. I mean, he could deliver dives on the run. It's it's almost ridiculous what he's able to do and the improvement he's had over the seasons. Uh, but, you know, coming into this draft, I, I saw Zach Wilson more of a guy that, you know, he needs he needs a few games before he starts, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. uh, I hate to mention these two names in the same breath, but Zach Wilson has that Mahomes-esque playmaking and extension of the play which teams are just so horny for right now. <laughs> so, so it's, it's kind of why I can see he's had this meteoric rise is that like, he's more than happy to dance outside the pocket and go make a throw. That's going to be a game changer instead of checking down. And it yeah. is athletic enough to get out and do it. So I, I can, I can see why he's gotten a bump. Right. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily complaining about it. I mean, I love Zach Wilson as a quarterback prospect. He's, he was bad in 2019. He was, he was bad in 2019. That's for sure. But the improvement that we saw from last season was, was quite ridiculous. Um, So, I mean, I guess that's that. And in my opinion, tied third was Zach Wilson is, is Trey Lance. Um, I wouldn't say tie. I I think Wilson's a safer pick than Lance. uh, uh, see, a lot of people, a lot of people are iffy on Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is an offensive coordinator's wet dream. If accuracy didn't matter, they are holding, they are holding FCS play to so much, to so much, and I get it, I get it, it is FCS, but we're talking about it. Here's here's what puts Trey Lance over the top, not not over the top, literally. He's a project. Okay. That's fair. That is fair. But here's the thing. This dude, has, as with all North Dakota State quarterbacks, he's been making reads since his, uh, his freshman year. Well, yep. That, his only year. Yeah, his only year. But, uh, you know, it only took it to like the second game before he was given the opportunity to do line shifts, to change plays, to, you know, uh, to make his own changes, which is something that a lot of these guys don't have. Uh, they don't Absolutely. have experience having because all of these other guys, have, I mean, essentially been catered to. And uh, that's not to give them any discredit for that. But uh, right. this uh, that's the one thing that Trey Lance has, has over a lot of people is the fact that he's already pro-ready in that sense. Uh, he knows, you know, where the defense is coming. He knows uh, how to make the the proper shifts, how to, you know, read the defense, essentially. 
Um, yeah, I agree. That's one of my notes I had down about him. He's like shockingly polished for being so young and having so little experience. Yeah. And this is a guy that has a lot of arm talent and a lot of leg talent. Uh, very dual threat type of guy. Um, as with all of these people, really, uh, besides for, you know, number five. Um, I hate that we have to end on him. <laughs> I do too. I got, I got, a, I got, I guess two sleeper picks that I'm not going to talk a lot about, but uh, yeah, I have a sleeper as well. So I guess we'll end on some op- optimism. That's good. that's good. We don't have to land on that guy, but uh, that's just, that's just pretty much what I got to say with Trey Lance is like, he's a project, but he's a project worth investing in, in my opinion. He's someone yeah. that has all of the natural traits that are there. Plus uh, experience with all of the professional stuff uh, that, that could really be a, a game changer for him. So he needs a lot of help on footwork at the most important position in the game when he's throwing the ball. Yeah. So that's what tells me puts up some red flags for me, but I still take him 10 times out of 10 before number five, give him, give him, get him into one of those teams. That, Let me a backup. Yeah, exactly. Give him a year, give him a year to learn behind someone. Send and, him to Washington. Let him learn behind. It's, <laughs> Yes, baby. Uh, Mr. Footwork, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mr. Footwork. <laughs> yeah, but but in all reality, he, he's someone that could could use a, a redshirt year, a redshirt freshman year. Uh, and I think that'll be very beneficial in his development. Not someone you want to throw out there in the first season. Uh, you don't want to Jared Goff him. But no. uh, someone that would certainly heavily benefit off of a uh, redshirt freshman year and, and someone that I see being uh, potentially successful in the future. All right, let's get to the fucking last guy. Ah, God. Mac Jones, Bama Mac quarterback. Jones. Mac Cla- Jones. Clown and crimson garb, as I referred to him. Mac Jones is to us like the Pac-12 basketball is to Caleb Lynn. He huh. is just the... <laughs> He, we don't like him. We don't like him. We don't like him. And uh, I can't deny his his talents as far as, you know, he's a quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. And yeah. Do you want me to just finish this off? Because I have some, like, yeah, bullet points. Yeah, let's, just, yeah. let's just get off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Low ceiling, no arm talent, no mobility. He won't fuck up tremendously, but he has good ball placement. So, like, he'll he can manage a game in elite situation and the piece de resistance the the sentence that means everything his second best wide receiver won the heisman instead of him that is all you have to say about him <laughs> yeah that's fair uh mac jones everybody um he did not, not make that be, offense go should not be the number three pick uh especially i don't they the, all these people are talking about the the gorgeous film that they've watched what have they been watching? Because all I see is bubble screens. Yep. <laughs> Very catered. catered. He was catered to his his entire senior year. Yeah. With the, the most best. stocked cupboard possible. Yeah. And the dude, he, the best O-line in, in college football, the best uh, wide receiving corp in college football, and one of the best running backs in college football last year. One of the best play callers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, I, I do, I, I don't wish bad on a man going to the draft. You know, yeah, I, I, I hope, hope he figures it out. And he's I good. hope he figures it Whatever. out. It's good. Just at this moment, it, it's just not the number three pick. No, no. Two catered to two catered to. 
All right, let's burn through these ones to watch and get out of here. Yeah, let's see what you, what you got. got. Oh, oh, you want to start with yours I'll, since you got two? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, number one, uh, Davis Mills. Oh, there's mine. So I'm yep. done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills. This guy has a lot of the natural quarterback talents. Um, he only has 10 stars to his name, but he's certainly someone who could uh, who could end up starting in the league at some point. Um, 100%. He's got a... He's got a really quick throw time, uh, average of two point four three seconds. Uh, per Jeez! Throw. Oh my, yeah. I didn't know that. Jesus yeah. Christ! He's got. A, he's a slinger. Um, fairly accurate, sixty five percent. Not too bad. Uh, obviously, the injuries, uh, or at least the original injury, was there, um, but doesn't work the pocket very well. Yeah, he's he's got some work, but that's the thing is, you know, this is a sleeper. He's a project yeah. player. Day, someone, day three project. Hope he turns into something. Yeah, someone that you could definitely invest in. And uh, second, the second, you're going to love this one. Oh, boy. Felipe Franks. Oh, come on, man. Felipe Franks, come on. <laughs> What's your rationale? Come on, Felipe Franks. We're talking about. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about him. Tell me about him. <laughs> All right, he's a winner. <laughs> no, he's not. He played in he's Arkansas. A, he's a winner. <laughs> he's got fairly decent stats. He's no, he's six seven. Yeah, he's tall, dude. Uh, Broncos, gotta, are you listening? He's got a he's got a solid passer rating. Uh, he didn't turn turn the ball over much. I mean, his one year at Florida, he had a fifty eight percent. You know, accuracy, that's not great. But last year he had 68%, so there's been some improvement. Look, I'm not saying he's going to be great, but hey, solid backup there. Solid backup. Solid potential. backup. That's solid a, that's backup a great one to end on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, go hogs. <laughs> go hogs. Suey pig. <laughs> All right, well, that, that'll wrap up the, the first return of the 2021 season for the Triple Option Pass podcast. Yeah, and if you enjoy Flew listening by. to this one, wait until you get the defensive podcast, which is Ooh. coming out soon. Ooh, heater, heater. Uh, defense, we all love defense. It's Same been format the winner. as this. Same format. Defense has been the winner of pretty much every single sport these past few years. So we'll we'll definitely be excited, especially the D line. Oh yes. Um, so yeah, this this wraps up uh, this this episode of the Triple Option Pass podcast. Great to be back, buddy. It is very great to be back. I'm excited to to break out this new season. Absolutely, so, man. With that, this is Devin and Ryan, and we are signing off. See you later.